Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Dr. Homebrew, and uh, you know, this is what we're doing. We got some homebrew, and uh, you know, we're not doctors. We luckily have one bottle left of it. So, yes, we have one uh, one homebrew for you guys to, well, one submitted homebrew uh, for you guys to try from Terry, and it's a Pilsner, and um, it arrived today, and I was like, this guy sent one bottle. I was like, really? Really, Terry, one bottle of beer. Um, and then I realized it was in like FedEx packaging and the, the my address was like cut out it was like a exacto knife and so the other two had broken somehow in transit. So we have one bottle and it's been sitting out for like two hours and open and so it's be uh, interesting. We're not going to talk about Terry's beer. We're just going to talk about packaging. <laughs> um, and then Keith has some beers. Keith has some weird beers. Yeah, or at least one weird beer, right, Keith? They're both have? they're both weird beers. I think the, the you know that discussion is going to be about. I'm going to slow down and try to talk this this show. I think, mm. um, which I have a really hard time doing. My, my uh, brain is always moving faster than my mouth, or the opposite. I'm not sure which. Uh, but uh, the point of it is, we went when they talk about how to categorize your beers for competitions, like how to how to fit something in. Like, hey, I have this. I made a apricot barrel aged. Porter, uh, brewed with Brett and kumquats. Kumquats. Well, you know, apricots and kumquats would be that. You know, oh, dogs' yeah. toenails. Sorry. I just uh, like to say kumquats. Whatever. You know, like something like, like that. Where you're like, where the, where the hell do I enter this beer? And we want to talk a little bit about that and like how to figure out where to enter your beers. I guess because we received one bottle, we could also talk about packaging beers. Uh, for you know, yeah, shipping. we could do that. We've done that before. We I think did. we did. Yeah, yeah right. we did we covered that, that once. And, um, you know, honestly, I've had maybe three or four in in all the years of doing the show of of three or four bottles break. So it's kind yeah. of people are doing a really it, good job, and I, I'm thinking kind about of a, yeah, the, the shipping company kind of screws you over. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been really lucky myself. I sent stuff out to competitions, and I bottled my. I'm sorry, I packaged my roommate's beers one time and sent them in two different boxes, my beers and his beers, the exact same way, and, and he got a, a note saying, all your bottles broke, <laughs> and mine are all fine, and I'm like, huh. Yeah. So it wasn't the way I, we actually packaged them, it was just like somebody decided to just like crush his like, underneath the car tire or something. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Exactly. Uh, my brother sent me some beer recently, uh, some new Glarus beer from the, well, he lives in Duluth, you know, you can only get it in Wisconsin, so you have yeah. to cross the border there. But um, he'd had problems before with um, the the mailboxes, et cetera, guy getting a little overzealous and like shaking his, you know, his shaking my brother's package. Yeah, <laughs> to nice. see if there was any liquid in there. Good for him. <laughs> and, uh, At his age, you never know. There after, might not uh, be anymore. After a while, I usually uh, have a doctor do that, but a mailbox center <laughs> person is the next best choice. <laughs> I imagine. Same so thing. he he, um, he actually thing. topped off all, all the bottles so they wouldn't make any noise, and he like recapped them for me. Wow! What did he talk? We talked about this last week. What did he, he talk about with the same beer? He topped it with one, off with of, one yeah, beer and, with the same beer and filled it all the way up to the to the crown of the bottle and capped it right there. So and then so one of the bottles broke and I was like trying to figure out why it broke. I mean it didn't have all that much 
cushioning around it, it was kind of separated with a, a carton. So I think the bottles could probably knock against each other. But you, can, you know, all that pressure, if you get a really severe jolt, I mean, that's why there's a headspace in beer, is so you don't, yeah. you know, all that pressure has nowhere to go. Otherwise, it goes into the headspace if you have headspace. <laughs> that's why you have headspace. Otherwise, you might break a bottle. Yeah. So, so what beers did you bring, Keith? Back to my, my fucking question. Oh, yeah. Don't dodge my question. One is a Scottish ale, uh, Scottish export, technically, with sweet potatoes and yams. I'm sorry, sweet potatoes and black mission figs. Sorry. And sweet potatoes and black mission figs. Okay. And the other is a imperial sweet stout aged in a bourbon barrel. With coffee, coconut, and cacao nibs. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and we're going to categorize this for you. And technically, it's a blend of things, and that's not that surprising. I like to blend stuff for competitions oh. and all that sort of fun stuff. But Brian and I tried it last week, and we were talking about like how do you enter something that has so many ingredients? Where do you put it in the guidelines? And we wanted to talk about that. And sort of figure that out, and then also say like, should you be entering this beer um, at all? And when when to say when with too many ingredients? Like we've in this in this show, we've had many times where someone said, "Hey, it's an imperial stout," and then they later on tell us, "Oh, it was actually aged in a bourbon barrel, and we added hazelnut to it." Right. So it's yeah. like, well, why did you do that, and why didn't you tell us that, and where do you want to enter it? And I, I wanted to taste it and say like like from our perspective, where would you really enter this beer? What what flavors are actually? This is one of the big things about entering beers. Which flavors can you actually taste? It's not about what's in the beer. It's about what you can actually taste. Exactly. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open this crowler of Kolsch, okay? And we're going to we, we're drink some of that because I just really want to. Sounds good. Okay. Because you know it's the best thing. Here, give me that. You're tired of looking thing. at hoppy. No, the opener. Yeah, hoppy beers. Well, it's. I mean, you know, if we're going to drink all these weird fucking beers that uh, Keith was trying to force us to drink. Um, I'm going to have a Kolsch. This is actually from Warren's uh, place of employment at Loma. Don Loma, nice. Company. And, uh, yeah, a little Kolsch. Pop a little Kolsch there. And, uh, you know. One, one best to show with Kolsch, maybe Here, do me a favor, times. Brian. Help me out with that bullshit. Okay. You? Yeah, I'll help you out here, buddy. It is really full. <clears throat> Thank you. And they just started that was cra- good. crowlering. And so he, where's where's it from? <coughs> JP uh, and this, the Los Gatos in Los Gatos. This is where Warren uh, Warren brews. You know, Loma is the California brewery of the year, according to the California State Fair people. Hmm. So, anyway, we're gonna do this. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna either talk to Terry about his pills. Or we're going to talk to Brian about whatever Brian is going to talk to us about. Oh, I want to talk. And uh, and then we're going to drink. I also have a can of Solidarity from Eagle Rock, which is my favorite beer in the entire universe. So uh, that is released, and we're going to drink some of that, too. So anyway, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, a lot of beer today, folks. So, you know, enjoy it. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. All right, welcome back, Dr. Homebrew, everybody. I think Brian's lost his damn mind, but... Los Gatos isn't near Gilroy. There's no way. Gilroy's like Central Valley shit, bro. It's garlic town, right? It's not Central Valley. Yeah, I, I, isn't I it? Kinda, I'm still like an idiot. I've been here like three years, and I'm always like, where is Gilroy's, this place? <laughs> Gilroy's like parallel with Santa Cruz. It's 30... Well, I guess you're right. It's 36 it's minutes away. Okay. Six minutes All right. yeah, from... LG. Right. Just, well, you you found your damn mind then. Well, you you have to go through Morgan Hills, like you know, there's San Jose. It just keeps stretching down. You go to Los Gatos, and then you, you know, you're down into Morgan Hill, and then you're into Gilroy. I just think of it as one big continuous uh, stretch of. I guess I never really you know, know stuff, and then just the stuff starts smelling more like garlic the farther down you go. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's true. All right, we're going to get Terry on the line it's here. It's like an esophagus. Um, but, uh, you know, before we do that, I do want to thank Five Star, of course. I forgot about that, our, our fine title sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. Learn about everything you need to do to start making your beer better if you're not using Five Star, uh, that is, of course. And if you're already using them, you know how well all that stuff works, PBW and the Star Sand and Sandy Clean and all that kind of stuff. So uh, check them out, Five Star Chemicals. Dot com. Terry, are you here, bud? Yeah, I'm right here, Jake. Hey, how you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing tonight? Perfect, perfect. We're uh, just drinking Glad some Kolsch now. You know, a, a lot of light, yeah. uh, light lager esque beers, and so you know, it's a good night for me. It's a nice crisp Kolsch we got. Uh, <laughs> and not, yeah, none of them are IPAs, and I just I can't I can't even I can't even begin to to comment on how how good. Everything's going. Um, we're pouring your Excellent. beer uh, now. Yeah, I apologize, man. I don't know what happened. Uh, two bottles broke, so that sucks. Sorry about that. Sorry yeah. about that. That's first time that's happened. Usually, it's not an issue. Yeah, we don't. Uh, I, I was I was saying that during the, the the beginning of the show. Like it's it's rarely happened uh, uh, to me, if ever. You know, in the last what three or four years, I've been doing this show. Just it just <laughs> maybe a handful of times. Glad I could be one of the first. <laughs> yeah, well, it, is, so, uh, it is football season. Sometimes those FedEx and UPS guys like to play. All, uh, <laughs> Did you see the exactly. drop kick the box in the back of there? You know? Tony Romo kicked the ball <laughs> like this. Watch me. Watch. Watch me. Oh, beer came out. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You guys don't watch a lot of football, do you? No. <laughs> Tony Romo? <laughs> I don't know, man. He's a, he's a, he's actually he's an announcer a color now. commentary, yeah, commentator no. now. Tony Romo? Yeah, I don't know. Isn't that never, a pizza never kicked place? the ball either, although he may have kicked his own, I don't know, something. You know, he's always hurting himself all the time. So <laughs> I appreciate uh, that you explained my joke. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Keith. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Um, all right, sports. Terry. Well, let's talk about you for a second. How long have you been homebrewing, my friend? Um, so I've been brewing about uh, seven, eight years now, something like that. Um, started with a friend of mine and quickly realized that I was a lot more uh, into it than he was. Split off and got all my own gear. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, all grain for about five years now. Wow, that sounds like a lot of relationships I was in. Like, I was more into it than she was, so I just split off Ouch. on my own. Yeah. Took your equipment with you? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, we had a kid together, and she wasn't as much into that, and I just kept him. Um, do you, uh, does he, do you guys like still, I mean, I know you didn't like fight or whatever, but does he like come over and brew and all that kind of stuff, or does he, you know, does he look at you? He actually moved back uh, back to the Midwest where he's from and got his degree from Siebel and oh. is currently just, just kind of trying to get his stuff together to open a brewery back in Des Moines. Oh, there you go. Uh, but other than that, no, we still get together and everything. Nice. Cool. Yeah, Siebel's got a good brewery. Yeah. The Midwest is where you got to go to open a brewery, man. There's You don't do it on the West Anymore. Coast. Don't do it on the East Coast. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's the yeah, here, here in Denver, the market's just totally saturated. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. It's, it, they're every, it's everywhere, man. And, you know, they're, yeah. they're saying now, like, oh, well, you know, back before Prohibition, every neighborhood had a bar. Yeah, but they were making like a dollar. A, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it wasn't that much money, but now you got some sections of, of town where you have three breweries. Well, who's going to go? Who's going to go? How long is how long can that possibly last? You know what I mean? Anyway, well, they're still growing, so we'll see. Even in the Midwest, too, man. Duluth has a ton of breweries. It's everywhere. Everywhere you go, they're like, oh, we have a lot of breweries here now. And it's like, everybody has a lot of breweries now. (laughs) Everywhere you go. My my only big concern, it is great. My only big concern is that there's some people who are in it for the money or they're they're not really ready for prime time and they just sort of roll out their stuff. I'm like, hey, we're going to make beer. We're going to make money out of this. And I don't know. Like, that's my big concern about all of it. Like, make sure you have your quality down before you. You know, exactly. for your customers. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you taste something and it's not good, then get rid of it. And do you know what not good <laughs> tastes like? You know, and that's what Brian and I are here for. Like, you know, like, hey, we can, we can taste beers for people and, you know, yeah. and you yeah. know where, like, things are not, not, like, up to par. And, like, you know, like, I don't know. But, so yeah, it's amusing, too, when you have someone who's just a business person and they like, I'm just going to start a brewery. Well, have you ever brewed? No. But, you know, it's like. <laughs> Well, I mean, it takes, you know, you kind of got to have a good business person and a good brewer together yeah, to kind of make it fly. Someone, someone home brewer yeah, sometimes, exactly. you get like the whole, like, hey, my friends all like it. They all say I should open a brewery. Well, like, well, yeah, because you're giving them free beer all the time, and they're going to tell you that it's really great. So. Speaking of free beer, let's talk about Terry's. All right, Terry, what's uh, all right. this beer, man? What's going on here? Okay, so this was, um, I don't, Jay, I don't know if you were associated with it, but this was the Can You Brew It uh, episode of Ska Mexican Lager. Yeah, I actually brewed from, this. Uh, I actually brewed this. Okay. Beer. That was the one so that brewed was, it for I the mean, show. The show was from a while ago, but yeah. I, I took the recipe straight off of uh, what you guys recommended, basically. Okay. Use a different yeast. Okay, I thought it was a German pills. I thought you had emailed me. It, 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 that dude, that beer was like eight months ago. That thing is long gone. Ah, okay, that's my fault. Okay, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was a long time. Ago. I think I, I think I screwed Brian and uh, Keith over then. That was the heading of the email, so that's all I kept seeing. It's just so. Tell us pills. about the beer that you're cloning. Um, tell, um, educate us here. So I missed so, that episode. Uh, basically, the the ska beer. It's a light Mexican lager, about just under, uh, just right about five percent. Uh, 15 IBUs, something like that. Um, touch of Munich, touch of victory. And it's actually got like a pound of corn sugar in it, according to JP, at least. Um, just That's the email out. that I got from the guys. I remember. I, th- I think <laughs> I still have that email, too, actually. Mm. Uh, it's fine. I mean, it's a fantastic beer if you guys have never tried it. I mean, Scott makes cool. a lot of really good stuff. I don't have any more. Can you get us some of that beer, JP? Um, I think you can find Mexican lager out here, actually, uh, a little bit. Um, hmm. What what would we judge it as? Well, uh, you know, probably international pale, pale lager, I yeah, think, I think, technically, would be the category for Mexican lager. Yeah, that right? that's my guess as well, yep. Like a 2A or something like that? Like, have you had El Sully from Two and A yet? Yeah, it's 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 that same it's that same right. uh, you know concept. Same kind of yeah yeah. So I think this this beer came out a little bit maltier than I was expecting. Uh, I mean, it, it uses two row instead of like a Pilsner malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so two row and then a touch of Munich and and Victory, I think, to help round it out. So it it, it does seem a little bit maltier than a standard uh, kind of Mexican lager to me. Well, and you're in the ska territory. You've had you've probably had this beer, I imagine. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what do you think of the of the recipe stuff. compared to yours? Um, I think there's, you know, I, I just had some of those at the GABF a few weeks ago, and theirs seems a little drier and crisper uh, than mine does. And okay. I'm not, I did use a different yeast. I used like WLP833 uh, on it from German, a previous batch. Was that a German lager or something? Um, yeah, it's like the South, South German or German Bach lager okay. is what it is. Why did you uh, the, uh, throw an audible on the yeast there? That's what I had. I had a slurry of it that I got from a local brewery oh, okay. uh, that makes excellent german beers and so i you know i just threw it on there and, and see what it would do didn't, didn't feel like paying more for the uh, mexican lager yeast. No, okay. i mean that's an awesome that's an awesome lager yeast it's like actually my favorite the uh the bach is is uh, across the board my favorite but in a style like this it, it is probably a little a little bit of a mismatch i would say but that's uh okay. 
But no, no, no. I mean, I love that, it. A33 is like my favorite yeast strain in the world. If I would open a brewery and brew lagers only, I would use that. And then it's kind of like, eh, you know, which <laughs> styles can you do, which one you can't do. But um, I think it's sure. an awesome. It's, it's a low low sulfur, low diacetyl yeast strain, mm-hmm. uh, pretty temperature tolerant um, across the board. Um, but it's uh, a lot of, a lot of fun. It's a, the Iinger strain. Oh, is it? Okay. It is, yeah. yeah. All right. Bach yeah. is kind of a misnomer in some ways. You know, it's like, well, they, they call it that. But, yeah, it's like. I'm not sure even Iinger's really. Uh, I guess yeah. Okay, never mind. They are known for their double block, but yeah. <laughs> you you had you asked a question and you answered it I before answered you could my, ask my own it. Brain, like I said before yes. So uh, okay, guys. Well, up front, I apologize. I this is totally my fault. So you're going to have to basically do this on the fly and talk about this beer and ask questions. So, Keith, why don't you start because Brian is uh, still researching. I've done no, no research yeah. on this, and uh, got to be honest here, I've had a few beers, so this is going to be really entertaining. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because normally we do all these <laughs> before the shows. The yeah, yeah. And normally we have them refresh. Right. So I, this is yeah. totally off the cuff, and I'm also was judging as a German pills, so I'll try to try to change it a little bit, but I think a lot of these comments will still be sort well, of... You know, uh, you, you did have the movement of the, the German and Austrian uh, brewers to Mexico, so I mean, they influenced that style. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This, exactly. well, not, yeah, this one's going to be, well... But it's yeah. different. Yeah. So I got a low malt, a uh, little bit of greenness, uh, medium mm. low hop aroma. I got this strong uh, white wine aroma, kind of like a Pinot Gris. Uh, tropical fruit, a little bit of sulfur, some melon, um, sweetness. I thought hops that were subdued, which would make a lot of sense, being that it's a Mexican lager, not a German Pilsner <laughs> uh, yeah, style. Uh, I thought the malt sweetness came out more as it warmed. Uh, medium gold with a wispy, long-lasting head. Uh, colors a tad darker, I thought, than a German Pils should be. Um, once again, not germ pills. Uh, brilliantly clear. Um, it was really kind of wavering. This is kind of, one of the, more of a judge comment. Wavering between a two and a three. Uh, appearance doesn't really mean that much. I really hate when people put 2.5 down. Um, but uh, So I gave it a two. Uh, flavor, I got that, that fruitiness again. That, that melon. Uh, even maybe more now at this point. The apple, pear. Uh, medium low bitterness. The balance leads toward the hop. The the actually the balance is kind of even, maybe a little bit toward the hops. But thought for the style, it was uh, kind of kind of more medium than it should be. But once again, now mm-hmm. this is a trying to recalibrate myself. Being that it's a international pale, I would say maybe it's a little hoppy. Uh, <laughs> how the, yeah, how, kind of hard to do that. On Swung the other way. Yeah, so I was getting that strong melon. Um, malt is pretty one-dimensional, sweet. Um, I thought esters were a little high. I, I was assuming either, you know, uh, well, I was assuming it was the esters that were producing that apple melon sort of character and not, not any sort of hop choice. Um, otherwise, very clean. No diastole, no acid aldehyde. Medium low body, medium high carbonation, very low warming, light astringency um, from bittering. Um, all probably appropriate for this style as well um so i thought you had i said the balance was nearly right could use a little more bitterness i think for this uh maybe dial back the bitterness a little bit uh let's see let me think about this uh for the most part that's gonna make it sweeter though yeah for the most part i really i I really the thing that hit me was just that that sort of tropical necessarily tropical but a lot of the esters i thought there was a lot of esters in this um i'm interested in hearing about the fermentation temps uh yeast health etc uh i said i'd up the hops doing this style i would not up the hops uh for this, but uh, but really look into your yeast yeast fermentation. And now, like yeah, like JP was asking about the yeast strain. I think for a for a, you know a a Mexican lager sort of style international mm-hmm. pale, you want to make mm-hmm. sure something that ferments really really dry. And even though eight thirty three can get pretty low in, ter- in terms of uh, final gravity, you still have that perception of sweetness a lot of times that comes through. But I really, you know, I'll let Brian give give feedback first. But I'm interested in hearing what your fermentation schedule was like and 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 all that sort of fun stuff. Okay, sure. sure. Uh, my score was score? a 29, but that was for a German Pilsner. Let me give it one taste right here and, and, and try to think about how that would yeah recalculate as a international uh, pale lager. Hmm. 
Okay. I think it's a 29. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Fair enough. All right, Brian. I'm more creative than that. <laughs> yeah. that, that was so creative. Let's the go. Same. That was that was actually Let's prove more creative. It. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Your perception Try. of creativeness is so square, dude. Try to convince me. Um, so in the aroma, I got a um, a bright, bready, and honey-like malt character up front, uh, and an edge of kind of some floral, spicy hops in there. I didn't get any obvious esters. Uh, I can see a little bit of apple pear, but it's not huge to me in the nose. No DMS or diacetyl. Seems fairly cleanly lagered. The appearance, um, I gave it a three, unlike Keith. I, f- I found a bright golden-colored beer with a white head of fine bubbles with good retention. I like that. And it fit the... Well, it, it you know, for a pills, it might be... Well, I think it's a, it's a good color. Straw to light gold. That looks a little bit it's, deep gold, medium deep gold to me. That's even you know the cream out we talked about could be a little bit darker gold. than pills and ish. Yeah, it's not yellow, so it's it's into gold. Okay, fine. Two and a half, Keith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> flavor wise, there's a you know a medium pleasant bready malt in there. The bitterness is low and out of the way. Um, you know, medium medium low hop flavor. Again, just a little bit of floral, spicy herbal, uh, balancing against the the malt. But definitely, the malt wins out. It's balanced with the malt, and there's a little bit of sweetness to it as well. Um, what I was seeing when it, you know, when I was thinking German pills, is that it lacks the the crispness that is is typical of uh, of that style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the minerals seemed quite low. It's it's maybe a little softer finish. Um, for a pills, but if you were going to Mexican lager, a nice soft finish is, is more appropriate. So I would probably go up on the score there. Uh, again, no DMS or diacetyl. Uh, mouthfeel wise, medium light bodied, no astringency. It's pretty smooth. A bit, a, a bit of creamy smoothness. Um, I thought I got a hint of a little bit of heat in the back of the throat there. I don't know. Um, if the yeast kicked out something, a little bit of higher alcohol in there, it doesn't seem like mm-hmm. it's a strong beer, but but there's a light little kind of maybe solventy warmth going on there. It's supposed to be like five percent, I think. Right? Yeah, kind of it shouldn't like you shouldn't detect yeah. any yeah. Oil alcohol, yeah. but I'm getting something in there that's that's distracting me there a little bit. So I knocked the mouthfeel score down a little bit for what what mm-hmm. whichever style it is. <laughs> uh, medium, I mean, it is hard because it's room temp now. At this medium point. low carbonation, yeah. Yeah, we, we blame JP for all of that. <laughs> oh, the, uh, this is one that I will actually, I'll actually carry. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, first. <laughs> so, as a international pale lager, it's a pleasant drinking beer. It's it's it's. I didn't get a lot of big fruitiness in it. Um, it's a pleasant drinking beer. It has a lot of the the qualities that you'd want in an international pale lager or a Mexican. Logger, L-O-G-G-E-R, I guess it is. Yeah. <laughs> that right. heat is a little distracting, and it's a little sweeter in the finish than I would like. It should dry mm-hmm. off and be even a little smoother and more more refreshing and bump up okay. the carbonation a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of just medium-low. It should be kind of medium to medium-high, I think. Uh, well, but, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Okay. Moderately high to highly <laughs> carbonated. Your questions again? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, bumping up the um, the carbonation is just going to drive more of the the flavors that are there, and or just it'll dry off your tongue a little faster and give a little carbonic bite that you get in some of these beers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, it had a lot going for it. Just that that heat is a little distracting. It doesn't quite pop. I mean, I like, like I was look again looking for that crispness of the German pills. Now I'm looking for a smooth kind of international pale lager. Um, less malt character. It's actually maybe a little more, more characterful than an international pale lager should be. It's a very malt forward uh, beer to me. So, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, you might want to back off some of the. You know, we'll, we'll talk about your recipe, but um, some of the malts that are giving it that color too. You, you'd lighten up the color if you dropped any of the the darker malts that are in there a little bit and uh, kind of clean that up a little bit. So, yeah. Um, 
I'd have to say, like, a, I mean, it, it is a, a clone of ska, but yeah, like a, a victory in a, a victory in a, a traditional Mexican lager seems like a yeah. It is kind of an out of style beer. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't so, even call it like an yeah. old school beer. It's one of the first like craft styles of this that I had had, and it's definitely exactly. not like a Modelo clone or something like that. It's, yeah, it is. It is its own kind of animal. So, and that's the thing about getting into categorization too, because yeah. there's actually a category now for clone beers. You can no, you know, really, you can have a cl- enter yeah. a clone beer, but. How many people in that competition? I mean, if it's in yeah. the area where that brewery is, then they might works. know it. Yeah. But if you enter it in yeah. some competition somewhere else, that they're going to have no fair. idea. Yeah, that doesn't seem fair. That's going to cause. I, I anyway, actually I enter, I enter that, clones of my own beer clones. So I, I brew a beer, and then I, I say, hey, this is a clone of this beer I just made before. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a clone of batch number 43. Uh, what did you give it, Brian? I gave it a 33. Okay. As a German uh, pills, <laughs> I want to give it um, a thirty-five as an international wow. pill lager. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty nice. Just a little, a couple of little detractors in there, and a, and a little balance thing. But just judging it straight to the style. Now, as the Sky Mexican Lager clone, I couldn't tell you. I've never tried it. I mean, ju- yeah, just from palate memory, right? Like it's it's, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Terry, but it is kind of a grainier beer. Uh, it is kind of has it has some some chewy mouth feel to it, but it should finish a little drier. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and was it hoppy too? I can't really remember. It's been a while. It's you know the the beer is listed at like 16 IBUs, so it doesn't have. It's got a little bit in there, but I wouldn't call it hoppy by any means. But for okay. uh, for a Mexican lager, it is a little bit hoppy. Mm. I would say definitely. Yeah. Okay. Do you all think I'm crazy with the white wine reference? I mean, I know Brian does from his feedback, but um, uh, crazy? No, I think I, I didn't get a whole lot. I did lot some of that, that too. Okay, I, I definitely like some of the fruitiness and and wininess. That's something that I get sometimes in my loggers that I'm really working on trying to eliminate, just to clean it up. Uh, a lot more, but I definitely get some of that. That's cool, Terry. You have a better palate than both Brian and JP. Then obviously, it's probably a, <laughs> it's probably. A I doubt thing. that. What about the what well, about the heat? You didn't, did anyone else get the, the little heat in the back of the throat? I did not. Okay, I did no. not. I didn't get that either, Brian. But this, but this is the cool part about judging. I just want to like put a microscope over this section real quickly. Is you can have people who are qualified and who judge beer and do the, and you have things that the other one doesn't pick up. Yeah, yeah. And last uh, last last show we did, we were like so like, you didn't even need us to read both of our score sheets because we were just so closely aligned that it yeah. was like wow, we were just there. It was like yeah, we knew exactly what we we're talking about. We're like this is it. This is what we're talking. You know, this is the same exact sort of feedback. And this one, we're kind of just divergent. Like, like just totally I mean, Keith different. probably yeah. ate a bunch of spicy food before he came. You know, <laughs> I always I did, I did. I always eat spicy food. I have yeah. no problem with that. It messes me up. I, I avoid spicy food like for a week before the show usually if I can. Wow. Oh. That's dedication. Oh. That's stupid. And I love spicy food. <laughs> uh, Terry, did, uh, do you have any questions about uh, about this? No, well, I guess mess. kind of all you guys mentioned the sweetness, and I I agree that it, it is a little bit sweet. Um, this beer actually finished at ten oh seven, so it wow. dried out pretty pretty considerably, which yeah. I was really surprised that it you know came off a little sweet. I think that it uses quite a bit of sods in there, and my sods were like two years old. You know, they've been sitting in a in a pack in my freezer, so I don't know if the old hops may have contributed to that sweetness. Yeah, are you, are you uh, considering multiple, how dry it is. Multiple hydrometers to take your final gravity. I, I don't know. I just I always try to do that sort of thing. Like when I I see numbers that are kind of weird, and that's one uh-huh. thing I would check out just to make sure you're actually those numbers are actually right. Uh, that's interesting. I, I use like a finishing gravity hydrometer yeah, that's got the bigger marks on it. Yeah, I've had some of those that uh, work so. well. It's, I had one that was just kind of like totally off, and I. I always double check that. I check mine against my refractometer to make sure that those are kind of in line. Um, But yeah, it doesn't taste like 1007. But as as you mentioned, you used 833, which gives a perception of more sweetness, too. That yeast just doesn't matter what the final gravity is. It always makes it seem like there's more sweetness there, too. Interesting. Maybe try it again with the the recommended. What was the recommended strain? Uh, The the recommended yeast was like the White Labs Mexican Lager yeast, I'm pretty sure. All right. Well, another and, thing. And this, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the uh, 
uh, when you mentioned the mineral level, this was like super soft water. I mean, it was like 10 ppm mm. of everything. So I don't know if a little bit more gypsum in there might help uh, kind of accentuate uh, or get rid of some of that sweetness uh, yeah. effect as well. Yeah, that was another thing I was going to say is if you have a lot of like chlorides in your water, uh, it can accent the sweetness. There's a lot of other things that can sodium give the impression of sweetness, sodium. Um, but uh, yeah, sulfates okay. will give it a little a little sharper minerally character to play off the hops a little bit. So you you might cool. get away with not even increasing the hops or just use a little fresher hop with it yeah. and try to get uh-huh. the IBUs that you want. And this kind of okay, a- and I I use distilled water and build it from there. But I yeah, think, you know. Don't go crazy. Yeah, just go to, you know, 50 calcium and, and a little bit of sulfate. Okay. I, I agree with Brian totally there. I, I really don't like the whole, like, hey, I'm going to put my, put it up to 300 parts per million of, like, you know, sulfate yeah, there. Yeah, like that. Like, yeah, just, just keep it low. And uh, sorry, I was I was doing my He was my, staring my at me. Kissinger. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, so yeah, no, I think really the, the, the goal there is to keep the, the parts per million, like for calcium, up around fifty. But even for lagers, I don't think you need to necessarily do that for this yeast strain. I think you can keep it lower. But mm-hmm. I think for this this beer, it would, yeah, I think you probably okay. hit a little bit harder. Cool. Get in the forties or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anything else, Terry? Well, I think uh, I think that pretty much does it. Just looking for some more feedback, and you know, if there's anything else I could do to make it, you know, a little bit crisper. You know, I'm all ears. Playing with the water is going to help you with that for sure. Yeah, playing with the water, cool. change the yeast cool. up, and I think try it again and see what those things do. And then, because you don't want to make too many changes, because then you're never going to know yeah. what actually you is. Don't, you don't know what did it, yeah. right? Go subtle, yeah. Sure. But yeah, yeah cool. Beer. Interesting. I'll have to find that uh, the the real beer somewhere. <laughs> it's tasty. You'd like it. Cool. All right, man. All right. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Terry. Thank you, Thanks, Terry. Terry. Yep. All right, later. Bye. No. All right. All right. Let's pretend I never screwed up. Let's okay. pretend I didn't screw up. Um, we're going to be right back, and we're going to come back. And what are we talking about? Categorizing beers? Yes. And yep. how to how to pick what category would go into. We're going to taste it's some of uh, Keith's beer. And, uh, it's the segment it. we like to call Stop Bitching About Entering Your Beer. Just categorize in the right place. And or don't enter it at all. Call out the, <laughs> the longest major characteristics, ever. comma, or don't enter it at all, period. <laughs> What's the acronym for that? <laughs> At the break, we're going to work on the acronym for that. Get the, um, we'll be right back. It's get Dr. the category right. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five Star Treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, thanks for hanging out, everybody. Before we get on to anything uh, better, 
I want to tell you guys about the Brew Guru app. It's from the AHA, you know, the American Homebrew Association. And it tells you where all the good deals are for beer and homebrewing ingredients as well. As a matter of fact, a lot of homebrew shops give a discount for uh, being a, an AHA member. And with the Brew Guru app, you just link your AHA membership number into the app, and then the app will do its work and will show you where to go to the homebrew shops to get these deals, to where to go to brew pubs, to where to go to breweries to get like money off of wings and shit like that. So uh, check it out. It's the Brew Guru app. It's free. It's for all the iPhones and all the Androids, uh, which is, you know, the superior platform, let's be completely honest. Um, and it's free. Did I mention that? So check it out. Brew Guru app. Uh, it's from the AHA. <clears throat> they love you and we love you. And the Brew Guru will treat you better than any of us can. Uh, all right, Brian, what are we going to talk about? I know we have some beers from Keith to drink, and so I think Keith out, should pour it out, whatever you want to do. I, I noticed the, <laughs> the Brew Guru was featured on the latest uh, edition of Zymergy on the outside cover. Oh, you, yeah, you I saw get, that, too. Oh, there yeah. you go. Brew Guru 2.0. Well, there you are. So uh, everybody no. should know about it. Everybody should listen to the show, of course, but even if they don't. Well, that's true. Maybe we should get on the, the cover of Zymergy for the next uh I three agree. of us. A picture of the three of us could make everybody. <clears throat> let's try to let's try to make that happen. Uh, pour your beers here, homie. Let's go. Yeah. Let me, let me drink these. What is it? A prune and tomato juice clone, or what are you talking about? No, that's the FDR thing they're doing. No. Oh. So yeah. Um, no, right. actually, uh, that, my whole topic, that long topic, was all my whole. That was my whole talk. Oh, we're done. Yeah. Oh, all Just right. Stop well, bitching. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining. <laughs> And just enter your beer where it belongs. Okay. Um, oh, but yeah, there's ways you can do that. No, I mean, I was I was um, thinking about ideas with uh, emailing JP, thinking, uh, you know, we could do a segment, uh, on, you know, a lot of people need advice for categorizing their beers to when they're, you know, you want to send it in. And a lot, a lot of times people come up to me with a beer and say, you know, how, where should I enter this? It's got this and this and this in it. And it's like, well, you know, you taste it and, and decide what's coming through. I mean, but... But first, you know, there's a few pet peeves um, for me as a judge. You know, one is just super weird beers that should never be made. You know, <laughs> um, just too many weird things going on in the beer, and you know, you, you don't get the balance. You don't. Not all of the things are going to come through, and there could be some really light flavors mixed in with heavier flavors, and all you're getting are the heavier flavors. And it's like, why'd you do that? So. Um, you know, another another pet peeve would be entrance declaring things that are just completely buried or not there at all, even you know, in the beer. So you get a beer like with you know chili pepper. It's, there's cayenne pepper in this beer. Like you drink it, there's no heat, there's no <laughs> chili flavor, nothing. And it's like right. okay, they went way too subtle on, and they put it in a you know a barley wine that's just buried or something. You know what I mean? So uh, think about the style you're pairing the the, the ingredient with too. Um, can I, I then, throw one in there, Brian, on that? Like yeah. the opposite of and, thinking yeah. that you don't taste something. I mean, it's on your list. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please continue. Yes. Entrance not declaring things that are obviously there. It's like, there this go. beer is full of chocolate. It's, it has to be dry nibbed and they just forgot to declare it or whatever, you know. Uh, and and then, you know, just, just then the subtleties beyond that, deciding between, um, you know, what's where to put it, spice or vegetable versus a fruit beer versus a barrel versus a catch-all specialty beer category, you know. Or if, if all that stuff is really subtle, just entering it as a base style, you know, you got to figure out what to do with it. So, like, oh, I made this a pumpkin beer, but it doesn't taste like pumpkin because I didn't put any spices in it. So, this is a nice dry IPA or something and, and whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And then, yeah, just prop- properly declaring the base style, making sure you don't omit any other important information, you know, for specialty beers and stuff like that. So, just basically, the overarching thing is how to get a judge to understand your beer for what it is. Help them know what you're going for and just to to, to okay. better be able to judge it well r- yeah don't do what i did and say it's a german pills when it's really a, a mexican lager and, uh, don't do that because you're gonna no. get, you're gonna it's gonna feel bad and in so doing you can also economize on your description of the beer make it more concise so it's like okay this is a that with this and that and mm-hmm. then okay that makes sense to me should you put it in the order of like Intensity? What? Yeah. Thank you. Order of intensity. So if it's a Saison that's been barrel-aged in a whiskey barrel, would you say it's a Saison barrel-aged whiskey barrel? And, right. Yeah. Or would you say bourbon barrel-aged Saison? 
with spices. I think one of the fun things you can do is you actually are allowed to put stuff in the description, and usually judges do see those in a, in a good competition. They'll actually list the, the description. So mm-hmm. you can say, like, you can actually say a medium intensity. Like, you don't want to put those words okay. necessarily with, with light rosemary <sighs> character. Like, you know, so they know not to think about, like, oh, it's going to be overpowered Full rosemary. Of. I'm just looking for a little rosemary, a hint of rosemary. So you can actually do things like that. And one of the problems with that, though, is a lot of times in entries, you're only given so many characters to put stuff in. And if you put special characters, no, that's more of a dev sort of joke bullshit. Like, special <laughs> characters, like, you know, they're going to take up more spaces. No. But anyway, um, you know, like, you only have so much space. So you, and a lot of times they actually cut it off. So you're given a sheet and they cut things off. And you, mm-hmm. and as a judge, what you should do is like, hey, can I see the full the full description because the the person running the comp will have that. So you should always ask for that if you're judging. But I think you use the full the full amount of space if possible and, and describe it as the best you can. You don't wanna, you don't want to say things like you can't taste the rosemary, but it's there. You don't want to say that. <laughs> right. But you know, like a light a light rosemary character. Like, but with, you want to give the judge at least a heads up on to how how deep they should be looking for yeah. a flavor or yeah. how. Okay, All right. but I mean, if, if they can't taste it, then don't don't list it. Don't like, declare it. Yeah. yeah. And this this is one of the reasons to join a homebrew club or, or join up with other people who who judge and, and taste beers because they can give you a lot of feedback here. So you know, in my past, people have always been like, "Hey, this is a, a foreign stout." I'm like, "Yeah, that tastes like a robust porter." And they enter it and they win. You know, and you're like, "Yeah, that's cool." Like you know, you hmm. you you nail it with that. But like you know, it doesn't matter what you're brewing; it matters what it tastes like, and that's the really right. important thing to think about. Like. Doesn't matter if it was the award-winning recipe six times, and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to brew it myself," and then you bring it to a club, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, it's great, but it tastes more like a porter than a stout." Don't be stubborn and enter it as a stout, like enter it as right. a porter. And like, that's that's been my problem with my oatmeal stout that I brought on a few times. Um, I want I want it to be an oatmeal stout, and it's just not. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's a category. I've, I've just realized this. There's a category called oatmeal porter. And I think that beer would go well in that category because that's essentially what it is. It's not roasty enough to be a stout. Yeah. But that's to your point, Keith. Like I'm trying to crowbar it in there and make it fit and make the judges go, no, they're gonna they're gonna notice the great brewing capabilities of Jason, and it's never gonna be that. I think oatmeal is a really weird thing because I'm not sure I've ever actually tasted like oatmeal. Like, hey, it's silky and it's. And it tastes like oatmeal. Like, no. it doesn't happen. Like, even when I've had commercial oatmeal stouts, it's not necessarily like that. It's like, uh, like maybe me, some perception of it, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's more like, of a mouthfeel thing than anything yeah, else. Like, I mean, mouthfeel is my least. That's probably my one of my worst abilities to taste. You know, mouthfeel, I always just, struggle with body and that's stuff like the that. creaminess and the like little oiliness that you get with it. That just yeah, yeah. It, it works. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you're saying, just declare what is there, what stands out, and you know, in balance with the beer style, because you want to get the beer style alongside the special ingredient. If there's stuff that just get buried by it, like you you made a saison that has plenty of white pepper phenols in it, and then you put white pepper in it, <laughs> like right. it, it, it's a little bit. But it, you know, if if you don't actually taste the white pepper separately from the style, and 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 B, why would you mix that? You know, do something different with it put a fruit in it instead or something you yeah. know but but you can play up those things it's like a lot of yeah, like you can i don't know like to use Cheap. an analogy of like a, a tv show where they're, you're given like whatever like chopped or some bullshit like that language sorry uh you're given an ingredient and then you can like kind of bump up the ingredient so like you know yeah. i don't know if making a wit and then by accident you put too much orange peel or you put something in like mm. a lot of like blood orange or something you can say like, it's a wit with extra like blood orange and enter in a separate category and not actually as a wit. I don't know. There's like something yeah. about that where it's like you can take an ingredient and then like uh, sort of uh, amplify it and it's, it's an kind Uber of a cool wit. thing. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's kind of it's kind of a neat thing like that. But yeah, the the first beer I brought to give you guys to, to jump onto that was it's a Scottish ale, so it's a Scottish uh, export. Okay, um, sort of. It's it's made you know traditionally as a Scottish export, but it it has uh, in the mash it has sweet potatoes, and I think for a ten gallon batch it's like three maybe ah shit sorry uh, language again six and a half pounds of sweet potatoes in the in the mash, hmm. and then uh, fermented pretty cold uh, like fifty eight fifty nine and then um, added uh, black mission figs dried black mission figs. Um, in basically the near the end of fermentation, 
Uh, I want to drop off some of the yeast so I could use it for a wee heavy, and then left some of the yeast behind and made sure it would actually eat the the black mission figs, which are pretty much straight sugar. But just took the took the dried figs, uh, pureed them with some vodka, uh, hmm. dumped them in. But I think the one thing I'm kind of a little bit weary about is that I, I let it ferment again at like 70 degrees when those black the black mission figs got in. Mm-hmm. So there's some fruitiness there, and I'm not sure how much is from the, the potato, right. the, the figs, or the fact Just, that that last uh, burst of fermentation for the figs happened at a high temperature. It was warmer, um, yeah. But it, I don't know. I think it's kind of a neat beer. Um, the, yeah. the interesting thing about it is, like, where would you enter it? Like, and it's and it's it's not that far off from a Scottish ale. It's like, well, it's kind of a little bit of a fruity Scottish ale. Um, I wouldn't want to enter it as a Scottish ale, but like, is there enough yeah. differentiation uh, or something you can actually taste that would be like, hey, this is this is a fruit beer, or you know, or this is a spiced herb vegetable. So this is an interesting beer because it has vegetables and it has fruit in it. But where the heck does it land, you know? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. And I think, you know, maybe with, like, the oatmeal stouts and uh, with something like a sweet potato, you, maybe you would have to toast them a little bit and caramelize oh, those I did, sugars. Yeah, oh, you did. Okay, for, like, right. three hours or in the oven and, like, I think maybe 350, something like that, and uh, caramelize them. And even then, I'm not sure how much flavor you really get from them. Yeah, I feel like the sweet potato is really subtle. But yeah, I do get a little bit of fig-like character. So this one, I would just enter it as a, <laughs> yeah... I mean, a, a little bit beer. of fig, but yeah, maybe not. I don't know. I, I I would think it's more of the... If you didn't tell me it was fig, I would think it's it's a kind of an aged dark malt flavor. Yeah. I mean, I know you were... When you first... I first gave you this, you are like, oh, God, I don't want to drink this, but it is... It's, it's okay. It's just pretty a, good. It's no, a yeah. beer. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it, like... Yeah, like you like said, a, it's, not, it's not that bad. I, <laughs> and then when you said vodka... It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Now I'm tasting vodka. Like like a thinner like I don't know hot. There, like there's heat. very 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 little vodka. Like, I, I uh, know, but but that's my that's it, like it went the, the, his head. right. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty it's pretty young fresh beer, and it's uh, yeah it's it was about ten sixty eight OG, so it was a pretty big beer to start with, and mm-hmm. then you know it's gonna smooth out and change as it ages. Yeah, it's not gonna it's gonna be consumed tomorrow. Probably, oh. I hope so. Okay, there's a uh, <laughs> at the Ferry Building in San Francisco. We're doing a a, a pairing with uh, food with this beer, so. Um, or it'll all this? be dumped in front of you. It's going to be like, a cheesecake with figs, uh, I think, yeah. caramelized onions, and I think there's one other ingredient. But I, you know, I, I was thinking about taking part of it and blending it with some sour. I tried that today. Maybe spicing some of it, and then also maybe adding some se- maple syrup to part of it. Spicing but, it would be good. I would. I, no, don't do the maple syrup because I don't want it. But I think spicing sweet, it yeah. would be good. I tried the maple syrup the other night. Like I'm like, a man, it's way too sweet. Cinnamon, nutmeg kind of thing. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Saigon, Star and si- or Saigon something. cinnamon, uh, a little bit of vanilla, and then maybe yeah. some plum uh, plum extract. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's decent, but yeah, I don't think I would be able to pick out those two flavors in there. Yeah, the, the, the fig is pretty subtle, but yeah, the, the sweet potato, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I would think it would lighten up the body a little bit, but it's plenty sweet, too, so it's it's and not it's like... Scottish... All well, the fruit and everything well, in there, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not not drying everything out, so that's kind of nice to get the fruit in there without it, you know, that much fruit and vegetable matter in there without it uh, going all the way dry. Yeah, yeah. the yeast helps, too. Personally, but. for me, it's it's fruitier than a Scottish ale would be, so I don't think it could enter as straight as a, a Scottish ale. And no. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it you know would be if you have a real subtle flavor. You're like, oh, I made a fruit beer, but it just didn't come through. You could still enter it as the base style. Yeah. You don't have to declare the fruit. All right, Brian, what's next here, buddy? Um, So I was going to make a point about, uh, you know, vital statistics. And, and you know, the, the guidelines go to great lengths to, to declare that it it's not, you know, these numbers are not hard and fast numbers for what you're supposed to get. And and when you get into meat and stuff, you're looking at the um, the sweetness by the numbers. And, the, you know, if it, well, a sweet meat should finish at this final gravity and start at this final gravity. But really what you want to look at is what you get in your perceptions of it. And if you have judging friends, what they get is like the sweetness level of that meat or the beer or whatever it is, you know, just to make sure you're in the right place and um, declaring it properly. So, you know, just don't get hung up on the, the numbers and, and uh, you know, use the vital st- statistics just kind of as a guideline, <laughs> but don't don't be dominated by that. Um <clears throat> It's a good point in general with beers. Yeah. Numbers don't mean so much. And you probably even see like Jamil's book from so long ago. It's like yeah. he always shot high. 
Well, you know, you know, the- yeah, it's like that beer we just had. It finished at ten oh seven, but it had the impression of some sweetness to it. So you know, that's and 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 don't always trust your 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 uh, equipment either. <laughs> yeah, could be off. Um, so what's this other beer we got? Um, so this is a. Initially, it was brewed to be an imperial Russian imperial stout. Um. Uh, sorry, that was double imperial. Uh, <laughs> double imperial. It was brewed to be a Russian imperial stout aged in a, a whiskey barrel. I had a 15-gallon whiskey barrel that I bought from somewhere in Indiana, I think. I can't remember the actual distillery right now, um, sadly. But, Brian, you came over and tried it, and you were like, hey, this is just not roasty enough to be imperial stout. So I, I changed it up, and I entered the, the you know the base version of it as a imperial sweet stout and managed and i think it was the maltose falcons uh competition took a second and best to show cool with the beer so i was like oh, that's cool but i had you know 15 gallons of it so i'm like what am i gonna do with all this the rest of it yeah yeah so i i, I did all kind of different different goofy stuff with it added coffee to one version of it <laughs> added cacao nibs for another version of it and then from that uh the version that had cacao nibs i actually then took two halves of that and added coconut to that yeah i liked the coffee one i remember that that was tasty so what this is is a blend of the coffee one i was gonna say and a blend of the coconut one sorry i'm getting so mad i'm pounding the table (laughs) it's the blend of the the coconut the coconut cacao nibs one and the coffee one mixed together there's the coffee aromas there and i'm like well what's going on if if this isn't the coffee one then then what was the coffee one like so it's the coconut coffee one mixed together and cacao nibs together so the point here is like what do you how do you enter a beer is the sweet uh sweet stout imperial sweet wow. stout with coconut coffee cacao nibs aged in a bourbon barrel i'm Wh- sur- where would you put right. that in terms of cl- and this is this is a, a test for you brian where do you yeah, so you know, where do you put it yeah and chocolate is 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 considered in with the the spice or vegetable thing mm-hmm. so um and coffee yeah i mean um Barrel age, don't forget that. And barrel age, so there's there's categories for all this stuff. You know, there's yeah. You, you don't have any fruit in it though. <laughs> no fruit. I could well coconut if you you know I consider guess that a fruit or not. So people don't, coconut. and I think they think they now say it is a, a a nut more than a fruit. Although I did win in the nationals with a uh, as a fruit beer. There's some people who were really angry about that. Like coconut's not a fruit. It's not a. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever. So I would, get over it, loser. I would go for what's what's more what's more intense in the flavor. So the 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 cocoa and the the coconut are winning here, I think, and the barrel character. So that's hmm. yeah. Um, the barrel character definitely comes through. So I would enter it as a so in the wood beer category. There's wood aged beer and then there's specialty wood aged beer. So wood aged beers for the kind of the classic base styles aged with wood um yeah and then there's especially wood aged beers for wood aged beers with other elements like booze barrel aged vanilla coffee etc so i think that's the 33b is probably where this one would need to land i think this would be a fun a fun part of the bjtb test that should add to it like, <laughs> how do you categorize how do you categorize this beer i give it to yeah. you like here are the ingredients where would you categorize it that would be fun. Um, yeah, I get. I mean, in in the in the flavors, I don't get a lot of the the cocoa. I think is a lot of the dark malts are kind of covering that, but I get a lot of the coconut and the coffee. That's my personal take on it. Yeah, like I would probably leave out the nibs because I don't I don't really get a lot of the nib character. Right, and because, with this much, uh, go ahead. No, because again, if you if you if you mention it, you, it has to be there. Right. So if it, if it's not standing out, right, then you should just leave it, right. just omit it. Right. I'm like, yeah, there's a reason to announce the cacao, cacao nibs are, like, it's not, there's not a reason probably to do that. Just, like, leave it out and be like, yeah, it's just part of the beer. And then, like, yeah. God, yeah. it's a sweet beer, man. It's almost it it's almost too sweet. Carbonation's a little low right now. Got but then, around a little bit. But. Maybe I do get the, like, on the, on the, there's like a, that tart thing that cacao nibs can give. And it's like that sweet with the tart. It's almost sour but it's not sour it's almost tang it's a tang. tangy acidic sharpness yeah. yeah but that coconut's a really good flavor the coconut is good and it's much more imbalanced than the last version of it that we tasted yeah <laughs> That's why I, I modified it. very this good is what i do i listen to brian good he tells me, gives me feedback and i'm like what hey, did I'm you do a... how did you modify it already into the i thing? just i have like four different kegs of this so i can 
move things around. And, you know, so I have a, a coffee version. Mm-hmm. I have a regular version. I have a cacao nibs and coconut version. And I just have regular cacao nibs. Okay. The, the cacao nibs I was going to use today, but all my, like, brewing stuff was stacked on top of that. So I'm like, I'm not going to use that. I'll use the coffee version and blend the coffee version. And it's kind of funny. You said, like, yeah, hey, I can smell the coffee. So that was, like, the coffee's been fading on that one. I feel like coffee does fade yes uh, it does yeah yeah so so, so, you, so yeah. I'm, I'm sorry so you you just added more of the coconut to the blend no i just thought you did 50 50 so this has less coconut okay. to the blend because you said you modified it last week so that's the last week was all the, the straight coconut version it of was it. super coconut heavy got it okay yeah. that's what you did okay got it okay now a lot of people would take this this beer and just jump right into you know 34c experimental beer just because it has so many different things going on but i think that that can be a mistake it's i would use 30 you know jumping into specialty beer it's got to be something really special and really quirky and unique that that kind of like puts the judges on their toes and like whoa this is you know fenugreek beer or something well i mean you know with with fenugreek uh, that's where you went (laughs) i don't know uh, you know but but with a you know something something special that's random right <sighs> no, yeah, I mean I don't know. That's a spice. I'm trying to think of cooking with your grandma. I'm trying to think of uh, quirky ingredients that are non. Then a Greek is pig skin. Maybe pig skin would be a, a, a quirky ingredient. Yeah. Yeah, bacon or mushroom beer. So you know, I mean, yeah. like, that's, that's a, a vegetable again. <laughs> no, it's a fungus. It's not uh, a vegetable. You tell me that's not going to count as a vegetable. So, uh, we, we, did you categorize the last one, the uh, the sweet potato? What would you do? Oh, yeah. Where did we land on that? That's let's categorize that beer and then this beer and then uh, give so some the, final thoughts and then we got to get out of here. We're running a little uh, a little over here, boys. We're running low. Sweet potato with fig. I would just enter it as a, a fruit beer, even though it's not going to win any awards that way. <laughs> awesome. Because the fig is what right. the fig is what comes through, but it's not. I want more fig. It's yeah. not enough to to. If you didn't know it was a fig, I don't think you and would you, have picked yeah. out that it's a fig. You but can't, there's something. You can't enter it as a straight beer. Right. If you enter it as a fig beer, it's probably not going to win. So this is one of those beers that I would say, just don't enter it or blend it with something that has more fig flavor to get it to the right place. Well, you know, that's another point. You don't have to enter everything that you yeah, brew. Yeah, and that's kind of the nice thing I, I've found. Like having. You know, again, a theme, but having a kid, it's like I don't have like I don't have enough time to enter competitions to make all the beers that I need to make. So instead, I can just do these sort of outlier beers and not worry about them fitting in some competition. Yeah, it's like this. It's an enjoyable beer. I, I like I like this beer. I'm gonna you know tomorrow night I'll enjoy it and be like yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of subdued and it's not there's nothing crazy about it like if you search you can probably find those things if someone told you about it but as a judge you'd be like no way man not 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 gonna win like brian said he's totally right it's not would never win at all like you know like unless you enter a really crappy competition like uh like me you know like the Oktoberfest one. <laughs> oh yeah that one thanks i'm kidding okay so where would you put this uh imperial sweet stout the Imperial Sweet Imperial Stout. I would go 33B, especially wood aged beer with that. Okay. Because it's got the boost barrel, it's got a little, little vanilla, some coffee, it's got a, a lot of things going in. It's just definitely a specialty. It's definitely a specialty. And it's a, definitely a barrel aged beer. You taste that barrel, you taste the wood, okay. um, you taste the booze a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But it, whereas if it were like a, a soured beer, you'd want to go to wild specialty beer instead. You know, if it was like there's. If it's a sour, I would, there's certain things that just take precedence. If you have a sour beer, you have to kind of go into the category 28 American Wild Ale to get American where you need to go. Okay. Um, you know, then fruit beer has a lot of flexibility. You got fruit, fruit and spice, and especially for a catch-all, um, you know, spice beers has the spice vegetable, autumn seasonals, and winter seasonals. So just kind of okay, is it a pumpkin beer with spices, or is it a you know a winter warmer with some something going on? You know. Just figure out where to put it based on the descriptions of those styles. Um, there's some weird ones too. Like there's, you know, there's category 31 is alternative grain beer, and it's, you know it's great for people who have celiac disease. They can use this sorghum and oats and this stuff doesn't have all that. Point that, one percent uh, of the population. That yeah. Sorry. No, there are really people that yeah that can't drink regular Whatever. grain beer. So yeah. you know the. All right, wow. let's, we've let's had some of those. Give some, let's give us some final thoughts here, Brian, on this topic, uh, please. Yes. <coughs> uh, go by perceptions, not numbers. Just yes. And another good, uh, good, good thing to do is to recheck bottles that have been stored for a while. Sometimes you're. 
uh, your, the perceptions of what's in there can change over time, especially oh, with, yeah. with meads and stuff. You, you can have a mead that started out still and it went sparkling in the bottles. So and you, you, know, you have be to up to date on make sure you know what's in there. Make sure you have enough bottles left. I've, I've lost mead competitions before <laughs> because it was sparkling and I entered it as still. And I was yeah. like, oh, I only had two bottles left. I entered it in the competition and it was like. But at the same time, I've entered an old ale, like it was a, an old uh, strong scotch, entered it as an old ale like five years later and it won best to show. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, I tasted a bottle. I'm like, hey, this is a, an old ale, not a strong scotch anymore. That You know, perfect. Yeah. So taste the beers if you have them and save bottles so you can actually taste them and, and get other people to taste them too with you. Get people who know about these things and yeah. enter competitions. And, and the point of it is if you want to win, then think about how a judge would think about your beer when tasting it and yeah be know. serious about it overall just go for yeah. balance if they if they see this style with these two ingredients they're going to want to taste the base style and they're going to want to taste those two ingredients you can declare one is lighter than the other if you have room in the comments or not but declare what's right. there and don't declare what's not there that's it Okay. Really simple. Very good. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope it uh, it helped you all to figure out how to categorize your beers. And I know that a few times we've had people, you know, give us beers and then ask us, well, where would you put it on the, on, on the show? So it's like, yeah, send us a German Pilsner and then, yeah. you know, like. Internet is a Mexican lager. Yeah. It's fine. But sometimes exactly. the answer is to re- just rebrew it. Just rebrew. You don't have to enter everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Thank you to Terry. Of course, Terry's going to win our $40. At least your beer will look good. Grog tag gift certificate. And uh, sorry about your bottles, bro. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got one and, and, and that worked. And again, sorry for boning the whole, uh, you know, uh, oh. entry. Well, Terry's a good support. Category. I like oh, Yeah, thanks. he was like, eh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun talking. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks. Hey.